Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season on the podcast, we're pausing to remember and reflect. Remember the key people and events in the good and hard seasons of life and reflect on God's provision, goodness, and grace. We'll hear from old and new friends, even some that are no longer living, about God's unchanging nature through it all. Today on the podcast, we're chatting with the lovely Gertie Heimpel, who some of you may know was a former staff here at YFC in Listowel, ran our Young Moms program for a long time. It's a great conversation just about loving people, about grace, God's faithfulness, and yeah, just all the things through suffering in hard times and good times, the way he, you know, just over our steps ahead of time. So we know you really enjoy it. So go walk your dog, play some beach volleyball, do whatever you need to do, and enjoy today's episode. Guys, so thank you so much for Gertie and for the absolute encouragement and gift she's been to both of us. Um, We love you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Gertie, welcome. Thank you. This is so fun. Gertie is our real work friend and real friend (laughs) also. So I feel like this has been a long time coming. So Mm -hmm. welcome to the podcast. Very much. It's awesome to be here with you two. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. every once in a while I see you around, but it is different not having you here at the office all the time. Well, and it was such a strange transition for you, too, because we went from, like, seeing everybody all the time, and then you transitioned during COVID, so it kind of, like, I mean, it worked yeah. out, I mean, well, I'm sure for you in a sense of you get to kind of slow down before you kind of make your way out, but, yeah, all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah, we get back to the office, and Cardi's not here anymore, it's all so. changed. Yes. yes. It was a gentle transition for Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, but we were all sad through that time anyway, yeah. through COVID. Yes. We were cut off from yeah. each other and everybody else. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it's good to have you here. Um, to start off, we're just going to ask you a couple of fun facts just so people can get to know you. So okay. where did you grow up? I grew up by Drayton. Just. Oh, I did know that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, what is your ideal day? My ideal day. Um, well, in the busyness of life, I would say sleeping until about nine o'clock, getting up, making coffee, playing with the dogs, and then sitting down and reading a book instead of going through emails and messages. <laughs> <laughs> And what kind of book? Like, would your ideal day be like a book where you learn lots or encourage or like a book that you get sucked into? Oh, yes. Okay, so um, romance novels. Okay. I like the uh, Love Inspired from Harlequin. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be, I call it brainless reading. (laughs) Yep. Mindless reading. Yes, yes. You just get sucked in and enjoy yourself and it doesn't take any effort. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. If you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would they be? I actually saw that question on um, the email you sent me. And those three people would be Anne McCallum Mm. and um, Oswald Chambers. Joseph Gerzon is his name. Joseph Gerzon, yes. I'm not familiar. Who is he? He 
um, wrote the, the novels. He's a retired, was a retired priest. He's passed away now. He wrote the Joshua series okay. of novels. Mm. They are fiction, but Joshua is actually Jesus. And I often say they're like modern-day parables. Mm. But, yeah, if you want to get to know Jesus on a whole different level, he's so good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Where's the best place you've been to? <clears throat> that was a tough one <laughs> because I, I loved um, some of the places I've been to. Holland was wonderful, mostly because of connection with family. Mm-hmm. Um, Benin was amazing just because it was just so different, such mm. a huge change in culture, but the people were just wonderful. Yeah. Nicaragua, I've been there, and it was the same. It was just beautiful. Um, and again, the YFC people were, they were just awesome. We had so much fun. Mm. Um, but my favorite place is Niagara Falls. Mm. Oh, is it? <clears throat> yeah. Mm. Always has been. I'm from Dutch background. Mm-hmm. All my family that came to visit in Ontario here Always, we went to Niagara Falls with them. Ah. And so there's lots of memories that way, but I went so many times through the years, and I just love it there for some reason. Mm, I have a cousin in Holland um, who came to visit, and she has the same fascination as I do with Niagara Falls. Just love it. Yeah, That's amazing. If you had a parallel life, what would you want it to look like? Okay, if I could keep everything I have now, Mm -hmm. uh, that parallel life would... Definitely uh, look like being somewhere on mission mm. mm-hmm. in a warm climate, no snow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I know if that. I've ever mentioned that I don't like cold, but yeah, it's one yeah. of the things that I think we bond over. <laughs> I think when we went to oh man, this is a few years ago, we went on the Florida trip together. That was the first time that I had been to Florida, I think. And that was the first thing. You're like, Jen, I love this trip. I love the kids. I love the warm weather. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, that's very fair. A good requirement. Yes. <laughs> Always on that trip, the first two days coming out of the dining hall, I would stop and go, oh, it's so nice to be warm. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, I will serve you wherever as yes. long as it is warm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, aside from those fun facts, tell us about yourself and what life looks like for you right now. Right now, it's uh, definitely a lot different mm. being retired. I've still had lots of things on the go, but we're still trying to settle into our home and um, doing landscaping stuff now. I just bought two more plants. Mm. Ken hates gardening, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, somebody had a whole bunch of plants for free last week, so that's my Dutch background. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, so I have three dogs now because we um, just recently bought our own little male, a poodle. Um, so breeding dogs and raising puppies is lots of fun. Um, we live on the same property as our, well, on our son and daughter-in-law's property. That's where we live. And um, it's just a blast having grandkids running in and out. And mm. In the wintertime, we don't see them as much. Not that they don't like the cold, but they're very busy. 
uh, it's just, yeah, life is good. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm in a very happy place living near a bush, bird feeders, lots of birds singing. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Yes, lots of things to make it a little mm-hmm. a little taste of heaven, right? Like, yeah. how nice to just enjoy those things. Yeah, and I've um, kind of transitioned from being busy here at YFC to mm-hmm. getting more involved in church, mm-hmm. doing more things there. Yeah, I think Not anyone to. that knows you well knows that you, you, you're technically retired. Yeah. <laughs> but you never, <laughs> Gertie will never retire from the Lord's work, so you're just... No. Uh, Busy with new things, It right? goes on. I don't think that <clears throat> he's going to remove that call from my life. Mm. No. Mm-hmm. Well. And that's okay. We, you guys are following in my footsteps. <laughs> Hopefully. It would be an honor. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So we're excited to kind of jump in and talk about your life. And it's even fun. Like, oh, was it just even for me to to sit here and get to, you know, kind of reconnect and, and chat about things that we haven't talked about. But um, we love to just go back a little bit, get a little... Uh, setting the stage, if you will, a little bit on your life. So just like what was growing up like for you? Mm -hmm. Often um, it just conjures up. I think when I think back to when I was a child, it conjures up really good feelings. Um, It was a very different world then. Mm -hmm. I had cousins living very close by, and we were within walking distance. And so we spent lots of time together. Uh, we all helped on the farms. <clears throat> um, it was good, yeah. And I think I enjoyed school for the most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of my report cards, too bad my mom didn't keep them, <laughs> said, uh, Gertie talks too much in class. <laughs> Literally I like everyone. socializing, okay? Yes. Just, yeah. It's relatable. Mine yes. all said that too. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Yes, and we um, we went to the CRC in Drayton, and so that can keep a family very busy. Yeah. We didn't get to know a lot of our neighbors really well, but some of them we got to know well, and we went back and forth and played with them. Yeah, it was good. When did you decide to follow Jesus? I think that it was always a part of my life, but my... Uh, decision to commit my life to Jesus and follow him happened at 17. <clears throat> and it was at uh, a y- or youth conference from our church uh, in Hamilton. I can still picture being in the dorm room at the university and making that decision. Mm. It was, yeah, very impactful. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like what kind of made that, like what was the influence in making that decision? I think a lot of things in life, we hadn't had, um, we'd had a lot of stuff happen within our family. My dad's health wasn't great. Um, We were poor. And so I had already learned to rely on the Lord Mm -hmm. in many ways. Um, And probably speakers at that conference. then. Just being in youth group, mm-hmm. youth group at our church. It was a big group, but also varied ages. Yeah. Uh, so it would be young adults and youth all together, mm-hmm. and so that was always interesting and lots of fun. Um, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you kind of look back, what would you say are three of the, they don't have to be the most, but uh, some of the, the more forming experiences in your life? Um, I think one of the first ones that I remember is uh, when my, when I was 12 years old, my dad was having surgery on his back again. He ultimately had four major surgeries there. And I can remember being in the kitchen and I was 12. So picture your, your relationship with your father at the age of 12. So I can remember saying to God, please let me take on half of his pain Mm. so that he doesn't have to suffer so much this time. Mm. And I remember um, offering that, and, of course, God didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't always listen to me. (laughs) Um, That was a a big thing. Learning some other things about my family as the years went on, was difficult. Uh, my brother, when he died by suicide, that was very life changing. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, my sister died from leukemia. <clears throat> and so those were those were things that really changed life in in every way. Practically, many of the things I could continue to do, I continued to work. I continued to spend time at my trailer. Um, but with a lot of different responsibilities now. Mm. And the next thing that completely impacted our lives was when our daughter got pregnant the first time. Well, both pregnancies were very impactful. Uh, We absolutely adore our grandchildren, but did have, you know, other wishes and dreams for our daughter. Um, a very close friend of mine had experienced that with her daughter the year before, mm-hmm. and we walked through the whole situation together there, and I learned a great deal from her. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was easier to um, accept the situation when it happened at our house, uh, thanks to that friend. Um, but it was it was difficult, mm. yes, because she mm-hmm. was seventeen at the time, and uh, yeah. But I grew from that. I can remember over the next few years um, reading my Max Lucado Bible, mm. and he has inserts in his in this Bible, and one of them was on suffering, mm. and so one of the driving things in my life came from that in what he said was God allows things to come into our lives and suffering to happen and then we get to choose what we do with it Mm. we can choose to fold under it basically that's not his words or we can choose to learn from it let him grow us and develop us through these times Mm -hmm. and um, that's what he did And from there, over the years, I came to Youth for Christ, and then I came to the Young Parents Programs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was my learning ground. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. How have you seen that played out for you, like, in the midst of suffering, like you touched on a little bit there? Mm -hmm. Um, 
a lot of things out of your control. How, how have you walked that of like choosing to allow it to grow you? Because mm-hmm. that's easier said. It's easy to say it around the table mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Another thing to like mm-hmm. walk it and live it out, especially in the thick of it, of the thick of grief, the thick of mourning, the thick of suffering, all mm-hmm. of it. All I can say is I don't know how anybody would do it without Jesus. Mm. Um, my relationship with the Lord just continued to deepen. It was the only way to get through that. Mm. Um, our daughter was the oldest, and um, we had three teenage boys at the same time, so life was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the only way I did it was... By surrounding myself with godly people. Mm -hmm. I had lots of people praying for every aspect that came along. Um, When my my brother passed away, it it had an emotional, mental health effect on me in Mm -hmm. that uh, I remember one time having an argument with one of my kids, and he was driving, so he left. Uh, And my, my husband had to chase him and bring him back because... I just fell apart. It just changes your perspective of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was um, it was something, but it also made me the person that was able to work here, work with the youth, yeah. and work with the, the parents. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I, you actually told me this one time, and you maybe you don't even remember it about just saying, you know, like your life has been your training for here um and I've noticed that to be true but yeah even looking at your life like how beautiful that so many pieces of your story like whether it's you know losing your brother and under you know like walking through mental health issues people walking like you said like your dad having surgeries to your daughter like all of those things that kids experience and you know knowing that there's somebody who understands in some way and to know how to navigate that and not to be Mm-hmm. shocked by it like how beautiful that again like you know not that you're like woohoo this was great to go through but that god actually redeemed all those things to to use you through it which is you know no one could have anticipated that no exactly that's a beautiful way to put it that he redeemed mm-hmm. my life through all of this stuff mm-hmm. and um yeah i often think about how um how he has used me and and just the the beautiful things and memories that I have from even the the most difficult situations there's beautiful things that can come to my mind at any given time mm-hmm. yeah and it comes from learning from those situations yeah. i i'm not um i i'm not afraid to walk alongside a person yeah um I'm able to empathize and be compassionate. Yeah. And I can be real with people and um, they can be comfortable with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I often say all the things that I've been through in life, I have no, um, there's no way that I can judge anyone else. Mm. They've, I can understand pretty much where everyone is coming from. Mm-hmm. Except that, I was incredibly loved when I was little and have been all my life. But when I was small, when I was uh, 
first, my first couple of years, I lived with almost all my aunts and uncles and my grandparents and my parents. So um, everybody doted on me because I was the only grandchild around. <laughs> and so that was quite a foundation for my life. Yeah, wow. And it gave me, it just gave me a confidence that I didn't see in any of the rest of my siblings. Mm. Um, and I know that's where it came from. But, hmm. Yeah, that's a cool insight, actually, though, to think about how those gifts that have carried you through, mm-hmm. you know, like that was a that was a, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and to think about, you know, how God has done that. Um, what would you say that you treasure the most about God? His closeness. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he is always there, right there beside me. Mm-hmm. I am never alone no matter what's going on i i just know that god's right here with me mm-hmm. i can talk to him i can lean on him i can i can start praying and yeah i'm just never alone mm. i just treasure that closeness that i have with the lord mm-hmm. and, and you I, mo- sorry, i would say you model that really well like even mm-hmm. knowing like you used to say, again, all of the, the, the tidbits that are coming back to me now, things <laughs> you've said to me over the years, but um, you know, it would have been very early on when I you know, was first coming to the drop-in and you know, a little bit of the deer in the headlights, like what, what is happening and all these, all these stories that you're just getting bombarded with all the time, right? And, and you just said, you know, Ainsley, like you can do better work on your knees praying than mm-hmm. you can in the drop-in. Like that is so true and you have modeled that um, mm-hmm. so well, um, about just praying for people and even still like in a volunteer role of, of helping with prayer or, um, around stuff with like YFC and stuff like that. So would you also just talk a little bit more about your, your prayer life? You know, like, why is it, you can talk about like, the importance of it and even just like practically, like, what does that look like in your life, your, your prayer life and that closeness with the Lord? Mm. A long time ago, I learned that um, the Holy Spirit nudges us. So if somebody's name or face comes to mind, then I stop and pray for them. Mm. Um, but you know that the scripture that says that we are to pray without ceasing, it's totally my life. And I've worked on it forever. It always was my goal, like if you're driving along and all of a sudden your vehicle fishtails, instead of saying something inappropriate, <laughs> I try to train myself to say, help, Lord, mm. right? Um, it's a lifelong process because, yeah, it's not something that you can actually 100% do, mm-hmm. which I've learned. But that's okay. Yeah. Because God's a gracious God, and he just... Mm. Um, laughs mm-hmm. when we have those moments where we oops instead of saying help me lord <laughs> um so like i said god is always right there with me at any given moment um you know whether i see a smile on jen's face or tears in your eyes i pray instantly mm. um somebody mentions something and i pray I can be driving along and get a sensation about a house that I look at, and then I, I pray. It's just something that I just do all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, 
I have um, Anne McCallum's book that she wrote, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to go through it. <clears throat> and it's just a beautiful experience of getting into one Peter and just immersing myself in all of this and then uh, letting God tell me the things that are kind of stuck in me um, that need to be brought to light and dealt with and handed over to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's just a whole new level of being with God mm. and leave myself open to him. And it's a conversation that goes back and forth, but it's, it's prayer. It's all prayer. Mm. Mm. I really appreciate what you said about like, it's a lifelong process. And for you, a few years older than us. A few. I'm like, couple. Few. Yeah, just a couple. <laughs> like, for you to be able to say that, and even, too, for you to say, like, one of the most, the things I treasure most about God is his closeness. And, and hearing a little bit about what you've experienced, like, it's a... Yeah, like, knowing the things that you've walked through and you being able to still say, like, yep, God is good. God is near, not to, to like tie a bow or whatever mm-hmm. else around the immense pain and suffering that you've been through. But um, I hope that's really encouraging for people. It's encouraging for me to to hear mm-hmm. it and be reminded again of his goodness and his faithfulness, regardless of the season and regardless of what, he, what he's experienced. And you've been a good teacher in that mm-hmm. for me also. It's so funny when you like actually, I mean, the theme this season is like pausing and reflecting but like as I'm thinking about our time together over five years working together I think so I was about so Mm -hmm. yeah like you just exemplify that exemplify the importance of prayer um of like it's okay to not know what to do in a given situation whether that's a drop-in or with a certain situation or whatever it is you've been a, a great teacher for that um thank you so thank mm. yeah thank you because the way that you have sought Jesus throughout your life whether it's big changes or one degree changes or whatever it is has like we've reaped the benefit of the time that you've spent with Jesus. Mm. So that's thank nice. you. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that's awesome. It is very true. Um uh. yeah, how would you say God is forming you right now like Again, this is a full season for you, and yet it looks different than it has in other seasons of your life. Um, but yeah, right now, how is he forming you? With a great deal of patience, because I went into retirement thinking I was going to retire. From <laughs> I remember you saying all that. All things ministry. I had yeah. visions of a cup of coffee and a book and my feet up. Mm. And I also stocked up on a bunch of craft things that I wanted to do that I've wanted to try for years. And I do get lots of books read, but yes, I have to kind of fit it in and squeeze it in between other things. So God and I were in a bit of a battle for a while because I didn't want to do things, and he thought I should. Mm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, everything just kept coming back to me and I couldn't keep pushing it away and I finally um, I have a good mentor but I finally came to a place where I accepted that I had to do the work that I've been doing and um, Mm -hmm. participate in different prayer initiatives um, and different things at church and and with the wider church Mm -hmm. so yeah 
And it's been beautiful because I have the most beautiful conversations, real conversations with people. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I say to someone, because they know me now, when I say to someone, how are you doing? I get real answers. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Has it been challenging? Like, I'm just, this is where I'm coming from. When I would hear retirement, I think... I mean, kind of exactly what you described, right? Like traveling, mm-hmm. putting your feet up, resting, and rightly so, right? Like you've worked for decades, you know, take a little bit of a breather. Has it been challenging at all to kind of come to this realization that like God still has things for you to do and like specific work for you to do? Like, I don't know, just that mm-hmm. kind of... Um, yeah, cultural expectations of what retirement looks like versus your experience of retirement and where you feel God is leading you. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Does that make yeah, sense? It does. Um, when you were talking there, what came to mind was being at a staff meeting, supposed staff meeting and Brett was leading it. And he said, one of the things he wanted us to do was think about five years from now and where we're going to be in ministry. And um, I said, I was sitting right in front of him. I said, oh, well, I won't have to do that because I'll be retired by that time. (laughs) And he said, Gertie, the word retire isn't in the Bible. (laughs) Mm. So that planted the seed to get me ready for what was to come. And, And it's okay because last week when I met with my mentor, I said to her, she's also a very active person, and I said to her, are you able to sit and do nothing. And she said, well, now when I turn the TV on at 7 o'clock at night, I make it, um, I've decided that I'm not going to get up out of my chair and do anything until 8 o'clock. It's <laughs> 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 pretty bad. Eh? <laughs> I bought this summer uh, or spring, I bought um, a swinging lounge chair. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yes. Very nice. <laughs> I highly recommend it. And um, I can sit in there and do nothing for five or ten minutes. It's in- <laughs> what a blissful five or ten yes, minutes. Yes. It's awesome. <laughs> and then a dog jumps on me, and then I think, oh, I should check my phone. I better go find it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, yeah, life is always going to be busy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's something to be grateful for. We have a young woman in our church right now who had a massive stroke. Mm. And I think mm, she is not able to do anything. Yeah. I better not complain. Mm. Mm -hmm. I do think it's a beautiful picture of like, you know, something that's been coming to mind to you. Uh, you All these different stories that you share. And, And I mean, anyone listening, if you know of Gertie, you, you'll know that, you know, so many people just know and love Gertie, especially, you know, mm-hmm. I meet people that have been through things that just knew you back in the day. And I think um, I was just reading, doing some some research. I came across some really interesting research about young people in 2021 or whatever, but they were talking about uh, relational authority and how, you know, mm-hmm. this won't shock you. They're saying, you know, young people are not really impressed with people who, quote unquote, know their stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that there's no authority. I mean, we, we hear about that kind of issue, you know, young people yeah. and they don't have respect for authority. And we definitely see that from time to time, <laughs> but they talked about this relational authority and how 
um, the the trust and purpose in people's lives that goes up when there's people who they know genuinely care about them and not just ask but are curious and um, you know, even just thinking back to Jesus's life and all the people he lived in relationship with and you know with his kids it wasn't just like okay and now you're forgiven and you move on he's like mm-hmm. I'm coming to your house and the way he just did life with people and and that I think even see you know you say like there's still work to be done like because those are real relationships that you've built and relationships don't retire right not at all and so it it maybe is a different mindset we're used to but like what a beautiful picture Mm -hmm. of of the relationships you've built and how you've modeled Jesus that way again I think the same as you uncompromising in your integrity but so loving and relational through everything that you've done. Yeah. Yes. And if you get to know Jesus and just follow his example, like just try to do it the way he did it. When he looks at a homeless person, what does he see? When he looks at a youth coming into drop-in, who does he see? Right? He doesn't see... The person that we see walking in the door, he sees their heart. He knows the cry of their heart. I think it was um, Tim Huff that said one time, um, if you want to see Jesus, look into the eyes of a homeless person. Mm -hmm. And so I often do that and think, hmm, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, we're really blessed with the work that God called us to do with youth. Mm-hmm. He showed us, um, he's shown me lots of beautiful, incredible people. Mm-hmm. And kids who have suffered beyond anything we could even start to imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they thrive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that for many of them, uh, the, the kids that are coming into the youth center these days, that's going to be because of you guys. You're going to build into them and love them. Oh, and I remember when I um, left long-term care work to mm. come to youth work. <laughs> People thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> and I, they wondered how I could do that or why I would do that. And I said, well, bottom line, God called me to it. But I said, um, the bottom line, really, for elderly people in nursing homes or youth at the youth center is they just want someone to love them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. God fills you with that love, then you're able to put it out there mm. and give it, give it to whoever he places in front of you. Yeah. It is really a gift. I think it was Kim White who talked about the difference between um, doing things for God versus doing things with god Mm. like when we when we view it as doing it with him which is really what it's about right like when i think about me there's nothing in me that i mean sure i can maybe scrape up to be an okay quote-unquote good person but like not Mm. (laughs) really at all but like the grace and him inviting us to join him and doing it with him for our good and his glory blows my mind especially in the days when it's really easy to get caught up in to-do lists and whatever else right Mm -hmm. especially busy seasons um Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it is grace and it's a gift. What if it, what, as you like think and reflect on your time, um, not even necessarily at YFC, but it can be, um, what have been like the greatest gifts that you have experienced in serving and following Jesus? That's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> but. Well, the greatest gift has been the people that I've met, um, both the young parents, the youth, and staff, fellow staff. Um, it's phenomenal. It's, it was phenomenal. It continues to be phenomenal working in this kind of ministry where you're just surrounded by people who— 100% remind you of Jesus mm-hmm. all the time. Not that you guys are perfect or I'm perfect. No. <laughs> we, we see that in each other and we love mm-hmm. each other anyway. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see the kids come through the door and they're so messed up or hurt, hurting. And we just want to love them. With the, with the parents, more often than not, it was a lot of drug-related stuff. Um, court-related things, incredible brokenness, and uh, a lot of drug addiction. And it was um, my honor, because I give God all the glory, that almost everyone that crossed my path that was addicted has um, is no longer addicted, wow. the young parents. I remember... Somebody that was a foster parent for Wellington County coming back and saying that they had had an in-service and a police officer had said to them, if you have a young parent that is addicted to meth, they will never get off of it. <clears throat> and she already knew lots of the moms that I'd worked with. Yeah. And so, yeah. But here we have God doing mm-hmm. all the work in their lives, right? Mm-hmm. And um, people that, well, one girl had been addicted since she was eight years old. And, yeah, in her early 20s, late teens, early 20s, she got clean and remains clean today. Mm-hmm. And there were many of them. Mm-hmm. That was the, the youngest person that uh, addicted at eight, eight years of age. But... Oh, a lot of them were just young teens, and a lot of them I had met at the youth center when I was a volunteer in the very beginning of YFC in Listowel. And, um, yeah, as time went on, they got involved in the drugs, and and they, yeah, with God's help, they conquered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After a battle, you think of, you know what I mean, like, you would see the reality of that, because, you know, it's easy to be like, oh. And yay, like mm. the Mekong, and that's a huge celebration. Mm. Um, but it's only even that much of a celebration when you actually see all of the effects and the secondary effects of, you know, 10 or more years of mm. of addiction, right? Like just to see like even God's patience in that and his care over time and, and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of waiting. And I, well, and I got to see... Ripple effects into the the families, yeah. right? Parents who were so hopeless mm. um, suddenly saw hope. Mm. I had one grandmother come to me with a bag of baby clothes because her grandchild had been apprehended. 
by CAS at birth. And she said, I'll probably never see the baby. So if you can find someone to give this to, and I already knew the family. <clears throat> so I said to the grandmother, hang on to this and bring your daughter in to see me. Let's see what we can do. And it took uh, a lot of work and about nine months and she had her daughter back. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah. That brought great hope to the grandmother. Mm-hmm. She had a new look on life. I can't say that she necessarily came to faith in Christ, but definitely got to know about him. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's like mm-hmm. contagious hope, right? To yeah. see, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't even have to be seeing it in yourself, but to see, like, wow, like something can be done about this brokenness. Yeah. What a testimony. Yeah. And none of it was, was me. Like, I have also said, you can get a lot more done on your knees than you can by <laughs> running around like a chicken with your head cut off. <laughs> I've also said that um, God didn't actually need me to do this work, right? Right. But he chose to use me to do this work. So I don't have to take any of the credit, and I don't have to take the blame if anything went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't take any of the credit. I give God all the glory. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like I said before, I talk to him all the time. And whenever anything was going on, I shared it with God and solutions happened. Mm. Yeah. It was just one miracle after another through the years. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, and what an example. And we're just, we're thankful to, to know you. And I mean, yeah, like Jim will have her own things that she will know. But I know for myself too, like, Oh, there's just been such a comfort over the years of like Gertie gets it and it's been a huge gift to me and in my story and the things I have and just the wisdom and love that you embody that we get to watch. So mm-hmm. thank you for that and, and being here and willing to share and yeah, finally come on the podcast with us gals. It's uh it's <laughs> fun for us. And yeah, we just we always ask people this question on the podcast and that's what's the best piece of advice you've been given? Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, you need to continually and constantly work on your relationship with Jesus. Mm. Without him, none of this is possible. And I actually just had a conversation with um, Steph Sirtsma, who is the staff person oh, for, for Hope Links. Links. Mm-hmm. I just um, met with her and totally... If we don't have Jesus, she said, too, she doesn't understand how anybody can go into youth work or mm. any kind of mm. work with um, people who are at risk or have challenges like the homeless people can go into it and do it without Jesus. Then you're just putting yourself out there. Mm. Yeah. And you can't do that. You need to have Jesus. You have to. Completely rely on God, constantly lean on Him and get your strength from Him. Mm-hmm. There is no other way. Hmm. Thank you so much. This has been good and fun. Yeah. And, yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't want to use it, then feel free to. <laughs> Can you imagine? Great. Thank you so much. Oh, you're for welcome. Oh my goodness. Never. Never. Oh, my God. oh yes. You. 
Thanks so much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We have more amazing conversations like this coming up every single Monday. So subscribe, follow. You can check us out on Insta for more fun content. And yeah, until next Monday. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. (laughs) Bye-bye.